Have you ever thought, I'm to blame for my child's OCD? It seems like such an innocent thought. However, it is not. In this podcast episode, I'll help you understand the high cost to hanging on to the thought, I'm to blame for my child's OCD, or any variation of I'm a bad parent. You'll see why it's downright dangerous. You'll also learn what to do when you have this thought, or maybe your in-laws tell you that you're responsible for your child's OCD. And last, we'll explore what to do when your own child blames you for their OCD. Welcome to the Free Me From OCD podcast. If you or someone you love has OCD, you know that OCD can hold you hostage. OCD can get in the driver's seat of your life. Here you'll find the information, tips, and tools to put you back in the driver's seat of your life. I'm Dr. Vicki Rackner, your host. I call on my experience as a mother of a son diagnosed with OCD when he was in college, physician, and life coach to help you evolve into the best and highest version of yourself. Let's dive into today's episode. As I coach parents of adult children with OCD, it doesn't take too long before I hear a parent say, I'm to blame for my child's OCD. If only I didn't divorce. If only we didn't move. If only I fed my child less sugar. I've been there myself. I collected evidence that proved that I was a bad parent, just like some people collect seashells. How could I miss my child's diagnosis of OCD for so long? Why did it take so long to find the right help? And the question that kept me up at night was, what did I do to make my son vulnerable to being terrorized by his OCD bully? I lost sleep trying to answer these questions. I beat up on myself. I invested hours in therapy, unpacking how and why I parented as I did. However, nothing good ever came of self-blame or judgment or criticism. Then one day I made a decision. I was no longer going to litigate my past parenting choices. I was done with the thought that I was a bad parent. I would no longer get sucked into the quicksand when I believed I caused my child's OCD. I was simply not going to entertain the thought that my bad parenting caused my child OCD. Changing that thought changed my life. Now, I know that sounds dramatic, but that's my personal experience. It's also the experience of the parents I coach. As a coach, my main job is helping my clients understand their own human brains and then offering them tools to use their minds to manage their brains. In so doing, they can transform their results. Now, your thoughts are nothing more than sentences in your human brain. As somebody whose life is touched by OCD, you know better than anyone that thoughts are powerful. All OCD drama begins with a thought generated by the OCD monster living in your child's brain. We call these thoughts obsessions. You also know that your human brain would like you to accept each thought that comes into your conscious attention as valid and true. But intellectually, you know better. 
Your brain makes mistakes. Your brain lies to you. Your brain selectively seeks out information that proves that your thoughts are right. However, your experience with OCD helps you understand that thoughts have consequences. You see with your child that the obsessions set the stage for their actions that we call compulsions. The cycle of obsessions and compulsions can consume hours of their lives and keep them trapped. You do not have to believe every thought your human brain offers you. In fact, your ability to witness and choose what thoughts to accept and which thoughts to reject as brain burps will impact how your life unfolds. If you've ever cleaned out your closet, you'll usually pick up an item of clothing and decide, will I keep it, will I throw it away, or will I recycle it? There might have been a time that you loved that article of clothing, but it just doesn't work today. So too, there are some thoughts that you have that are keepers. There are some thoughts that belong in the trash, and there are some thoughts can be repurposed or recycled. How do you decide? As you examine any given thought, the first question to ask is this, is this thought true? Imagine a friend doesn't immediately respond to your text and you have the thought, she doesn't like me anymore. Is that true? If you asked her, she would tell you that she likes you, she loves you. However, when you sent her the text, she was on an airplane. Now, I will tell you that there is absolutely no scientific evidence to suggest that anything that you did or said or did not do or did not say caused your child to have OCD. Does your human brain believe me? Maybe or maybe not. Human brains ignore science all the time. Why? Your human brain wants to be right. Your brain has compelling ways of handling evidence that allows them to hang on to their beliefs. So if you're invested in your belief that you caused your child's OCD, you might say, well, maybe other parents don't cause their child's OCD, but I have special circumstances. If the scientists came to my house and spoke with me, they would see that we are the exception and I really am to blame for my child's OCD. Next, as you look at a thought, you can ask, does this thought still fit? The human brain treats your thoughts like clothes in the closet. You keep adding clothes, but rarely do you get rid of things. Your brain doesn't like to reject thoughts they once believed to be true. When George Washington was dying of what medical historians believe to be strep throat, his doctors delivered state-of-the-art medical care, bleeding and purging. When a young doctor at the bedside observed that Washington was struggling to get enough air, he suggested making a hole in Washington's breathing tube. This idea was rejected by the senior physicians as unproven. And in retrospect, this procedure might have saved Washington's life. Here's a third and critical question to help you decide how to manage a thought. Is this thought getting me to where I want to be or is it keeping me stuck? Now, you're probably listening to this podcast 
because you want to do everything in your power to help yourself, your adult children, and the rest of your family be freed from the tyranny of OCD. Are your thoughts helping you get there? Let's play out the consequences of hanging on to the thought, I cause my child's OCD. We'll illustrate what happens in your own child's brain. We know that OCD drama begins with a thought. Maybe your child's obsession, and remember, an obsession is just a thought, in the sentence is, I'm going to stab my cat. This is a thought offered by the OCD monster that lives in your child's brain. You know that your child would never intentionally hurt an animal. Will thoughts create feelings? When somebody with OCD thinks that they might stab their cat, they may experience fear or disgust or anxiety. The thought, I'm responsible for my child's OCD, might elicit guilt or shame or regret. Any thought under the general theme of, I'm a bad parent, will usually elicit these feelings. Our children managing OCD have also illustrated that feelings drive action. The person who has the thought, I'm going to stab my cat, might decide to avoid the cat or even remove knives from the house. The compulsions are all of the actions intended to ease the pain of the unwanted feelings. When you have guilt or shame about your past parenting choices, you might withdraw from your child. Instead of spending time engaging with your child doing helpful things, you might be in your room behind a closed door replaying your parenting crimes over and over again. Your actions create your results. Every time your child goes through a cycle of obsessions and compulsions, it gives OCD more power over their lives. It sets the stage for the next OCD cycle. The results of holding on to the thought, I'm responsible for my child's OCD, might be this. Today, in the present moment, you're less likely to be engaged with your child and do the things that you would like to do to free your child from OCD. That means that one day in the future, you'll look back on today and you'll use your withdrawal as further evidence that you're a bad parent. Well, how does hanging on to the thought, I cause my child's OCD, play out in your life. When you think, I'm responsible for my child's OCD, what feelings are elicited for you? When you have that feeling, what actions do you take or not take? Then, do these actions bring you closer to the kind of empowered, committed parent you want to be? I hope that going through this exercise helps you see that the thought will not help you get to where you want to be, to be an OCD power parent. The thought, I'm to blame for my child's OCD, is an expensive, indulgent thought that eats away at your time and energy and focus. Now, if I've convinced you and you're with me, what's the way out of this thought drama? Well, it's by doing the very things we're asking our kids to do. Step number one is witness your thoughts. 
Imagine projecting yourself to the corner of the room and watching the thoughts that pass through your brain. What is the sentence your human brain is offering you? Write it down on paper and look at it. Step number two, suspend disbelief. When you see a movie, you temporarily allow yourself to believe that something isn't true. Just as an exercise, ask yourself, what if this thought I just wrote down were not true? You can suspend disbelief with any thought, even for a few minutes, just as an exercise. Step number three, offer your brain an alternative helpful thought to swap out for the unhelpful thought. Maybe it's, today I act as an empowered parent, or as I know better, I do better, or I learn from my mistakes. Maybe that's too much of a stretch for your brain. You can try something neutral like good parents make mistakes. My own coaching mentor says, choose a thought that's 5% less poopy, although she uses a different word. Step number four. Gently redirect your brain to a helpful thought when it offers an unhelpful thought. You've been practicing variations of the thought, I'm a bad parent, and believing it maybe for years. It's going to take some time and practice to manage that thought differently. You might have to redirect your brain again and again. That's okay. That's just how your human brain learns. Step number five, resist the urge to judge yourself for having a thought. I was working with a mom who was practicing alternative thoughts to I'm to blame. One day she came to me and she said, I'm such an idiot for thinking this thought I'm to blame. I know better. Her thought, I'm an idiot, I know better, is just another thought that takes her away from power parenting. Please do not use this thought work to beat yourself up. Instead, have compassion for yourself. I invited this dedicated mom to say, oh, I'm blaming myself for my child's OCD. How human of me. We know that human brains look for something and someone to blame for the unwanted circumstances in their life. That's just what they do. So don't punish yourself for having a human brain. This thought work can be hard work. Why do it? It's because you want to do everything in your power to help free your child from OCD. You want the time and the energy and the focus to fight OCD. Beating up on yourself is an indulgence that you simply cannot afford. So let's take the next step. What happens when somebody else tells you that you're responsible for your child's OCD? Lori is the mother of a 19-year-old son, Brian, who's struggling with OCD. Lori said, my mother-in-law makes me feel so guilty She constantly implies that my poor parenting is the reason that Brian is struggling. I asked Lori to give me a specific example of an interaction with her mother-in-law, Marge. Lori said, well, Marge was over for dinner this week, and Brian went into the bathroom to wash his hands. He has contamination themes. 
I told Marge that with Brian's OCD, he'd be in the bathroom for about 15 minutes. So I'd wait a bit to put the food on the table. In the meanwhile, I put out the paper plate and plastic utensils Brian insists on using. Marge said, OCD schmocd. The problem is that you just let Brian walk all over you. Tell him enough. No more cleaning and disposable plates and utensils. He'll sit down at the table and eat dinner you serve on your plates. I said to Laura, so your mother-in-law does not think that OCD is a real thing. Lori said, that is correct. Marge thinks that OCD is just a way to excuse unacceptable behavior. I said to Lori, let me begin with the good news. The only person who can trigger feelings like guilt is you. Your guilt begins with a thought. If your working thought is, I didn't cause my son's OCD, you're not vulnerable to guilt. What would you think if Marge said, Brian's like this because he was abducted by aliens and they're controlling his mind with a laser zapper. Brian just needs an astro exorcism. You would just dismiss this thought as crazy and not give it serious consideration. Now, just to be clear, I'm not suggesting that alien abductions are real or that there's a connection between aliens and OCD. This is just a way of illustrating a point. What I am saying is that if you're completely clear that you are doing the things proven to help your son manage his OCD and you've got a plan to get there, you can respond to your mother-in-law's critical comments with the thought, that's just Marge being Marge. If you do have guilt after a conversation with Marge, that suggests that some part of you believes something that Marge said is true. Sit down and pick out the thought that triggered your guilt. Explore it. Work on it. If, for example, you believe that OCD is caused by a lack of discipline, ask yourself, is my son undisciplined? I'd argue that he's anything but undisciplined. The problem is that the discipline is misdirected towards his compulsions, Imagine what would happen if Brian could redeploy that discipline into something that makes a positive difference in the world. I reminded Lori that what other people think of us is none of our business. I added, you've got a picture of where you are and where you'd like to leave your family. You've got a map to get there. You've got this. You know from your experience that OCD scares people. Many people like Marge just want the compulsions to stop, so they're more comfortable. You might not be able to bring everyone on board to your OCD roadmap. Not everyone's willing to invest in education, and that's okay. You don't have to take care of them, though. Just don't let them slow you down. Focus on your priority, helping your child and the people who live in your home be freed from OCD. Now, here's a very difficult situation. What happens when your child blames you for causing their OCD? I remember when my son was in first grade, he had a loose front tooth. I served him a sandwich on a baguette. He took a big bite, felt a pop, and looked down to see his tooth embedded in the thick bread crust. 
My son was beside himself. How could I serve him a baguette? Didn't I know that his tooth would come out? When my son blamed me for the crime of serving him a baguette, I could have been defensive and told them that I didn't do anything wrong. Instead, I tried to tap into my compassion. What was my son really telling me? My son was scared about losing his teeth. If he had his way, he would have kept his baby teeth into adulthood. He imbued me with the mystical powers to protect him from the things he feared. So here's what I said to him. I know you've been scared about losing your first tooth. You thought it would hurt. You thought you'd have blood all over your clothes. Look, it happened and you're okay. No blood anywhere. Then I gave him a big hug. Children have a deep longing that their parents will protect them from painful things or make the pain go away when they're hurt. If your adult child is blaming you for their struggles with OCD, what are they really communicating? Could it be that they're really saying, it is so hard living with OCD, it hurts so much, and I wish I didn't have to deal with this? So, when your child blames you, try tapping into your compassion. Chances are good they're lashing out at OCD, not at you. And that's where you can begin the conversation. Get curious and ask, what's it like for you to live with OCD? Try to get a clear picture of what it's like for them on a day-to-day basis. Don't try to fix anything. Don't make any judgments. Just listen. Chances are very good that you'll see your child's strength and courage to get through each day. Tell him or her. It's okay to say, I wish I had a magic wand and could make OCD just disappear. I wish I could put a Band-Aid on an OCD owie, kiss it, and make it better. Wouldn't that be great? Well, I can't do that. I promise you this. I will be here no matter how much pain you're in. OCD doesn't scare me. I am here, and I know that you can get through this. Both you and your child might be angry that you're dealing with OCD. When your child blames you, this might be your child's way of saying, I'm angry that I have to deal with OCD. When things are calm, you can brainstorm with your child about acceptable ways to get them mad out. You can also set boundaries and define behavior that's not acceptable in your home, like hitting or breaking things or screaming, I hate you. The boundaries can and should be consistent with your family values and appropriate for your child's age and ability. Part of setting boundaries is laying out the consequences of violations of the boundaries. And part of the challenge of parenting an adult child is you have very few options for consequences. The starting point for dealing with people who blame you for your child's OCD is this. You need to decide whether or not you believe this thought. Do your own thought work before you take on other people's thoughts. So let's summarize where we've been so far. Number one, you are not to blame for your child's OCD. This is a scientific proven fact. Number two, 
You might not believe that thought right now. However, you always have the option of doing the thought work to change your belief. This is optional work, but I highly recommend it. Third, do your own thought work before you take on other people who tell you that you are responsible for your child's OCD. Next, your highest priority can and should be holding the helpful thoughts and taking the actions that will help you and your family get to the other side of OCD. Consider anything else, whether it's the disapproving judgment of your mother-in-law or a hurtful comment from a friend or the unsolicited, unhelpful parenting advice from a stranger at the grocery store. As an indulgent distraction, decide that you will not give them airtime in your brain. You might find yourself sucked into entertaining other people's thoughts. When that happens, say, oh, how human of me. How human of me to want my mother-in-law to approve of my parenting. How human of me to want my friends to have my back. I can't control them, so now I'm going to just shift my focus back to helping my child and my family get freed from OCD. Well, what do you think? I invite you to leave comments below. If you found value in this episode, please feel welcome to share it with others you know who are helping their adult children be freed from OCD. Thank you for your time. You can do this.